Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Wherever you are on your journey to glorify God, we are so glad you're here. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll come alongside you in the seasons and challenges of life to move you to know and love God in His Word, to find your hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in your local church as you go out on mission for the glory of God. Today, we are chatting with my friend Ruth Joe Simons about how the character of God meets us in our weariness and brings us true and lasting rest. If you don't know her, Ruth Jo Simons is a Wall Street Journal best-selling and award-winning author of several books, including Grace Laced, Beholding and Becoming, and When Striving Cease. Today, we're going to be discussing her brand new book, Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. As you'll hear, Ruth is an artist, entrepreneur, and speaker, and she uses each of these platforms to spiritually sow the Word of God into people's hearts. I know you'll be so encouraged by this conversation, but before we go there, I want to say a big thank you to those of you who support Journey Women Ministries by donating to the podcast. With your help, we are coming alongside more women to move them to know and love God, and we are so grateful. If you'd like to help us, you can do so at journeywomenpodcast.org forward slash give. Ruth Joe Simons, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Oh, I love being here, friend. It's so good. I mean, we've talked many times, but I don't feel like you've been on Journey Women in a while. So it's been a few years, I think. It yeah. has, and you've done so many things. And I know everybody who is listening already knows who you are, but I'd love to introduce them to you if they don't yet know. You are an author. I think primarily you'd want me to say you're a mother to six mm-hmm. wonderful boys. I almost said beautiful boys. How would they feel if I referred to them as beautiful boys? They wouldn't think all that. <laughs> they would be fine. Uh, they are. They are beautiful inside and out for sure. They are just um, stunning. And I'm so encouraged as a mom to little boys seeing what it looks like to invest in them. And then I guess just like enjoy kind of the fruit of that investment as they grow into young men and men. You have a yes. college student now. Do you have two college students well, or I just one? I have a one? graduate school student. So he's a in his first school. year of graduate school in something I don't even understand, some kind of nuclear something, so in some kind of thermal energy in Wisconsin. So he is a man out there on his own, doing his own thing. And 
it's strange, Hunter. It's really strange. But, you know, I, I love that you feel like you can look to me for some of those stories of fruitfulness, because I think we need to tell stories of how God is faithful, right? And not yeah. to say, oh, it's so hard, because it is hard. Motherhood is one of the most challenging, hardest things I've ever gotten to put my hand to and my heart to. But there's also fruit, and there's so much good, and there's so much of God's faithfulness that we see every day. And so we need to call out the good and tell each other about it, too. Absolutely. And faithfulness, you know, is one of the attributes of God that we'll be talking about today. And I think that just along this journey, I'm excited to hear how the Lord has revealed more of himself to you as you've journeyed with him, uh, because it's really lent itself to your brand new book called Pilgrim, which I'm like, hello, could there be a better title to have on Journey Women? Just mm-hmm. this idea that um, the Lord is with us and that his character is mm-hmm. what really sustains us and encourages us, uh, like infuses us with courage as we go about our journey to glorify God. So Tell me about your new book, Pilgrim. This is just so exciting. I mean, you have so many books, and I told you they're all beautiful, and yet this one somehow has risen to the top as my favorite. So tell us about what inspired you to write it. Well, you know, for anyone who's read any of my books, you'll feel like this is maybe like the 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 one the the big sister the one step up because we're we're growing little by little, and and of course, all my books reflect the very journey I'm on, right? That I'm learning and growing. I can't give away what I don't possess myself. So of course the Lord is teaching me these lessons and then they eventually become books. But this one, Pilgrim, is 25 ways God's character leads us onward. And it's set up to be like a daily meditation. It's, you know, 25 is not exhaustive. There's so much more to say of the doctrine of God and all the things that we can learn about who He is. But I took 25 um, attributes or God's ways, the, the things that we can know about how he relates to us and how he leads and directs us on our journeys. And I paired them with the hymns, traditional hymns that teach those concepts. And I probably, Hunter, aim for too many things. I'm like, I'll paint this book, I'll write devotions, (laughs) I'll include hymns and theology. Somehow I'm going to do all of it together. And um I don't regret it, but I do think it was a huge undertaking. And I really hope that for anyone picking up this book, if they're in it for like the theology side, they'll be like, wow, the art is actually really stunning. But if for somebody who just picks it up at Hobby Lobby and says, I just want a pretty coffee table book, right. I pray that that woman going to Hobby Lobby for scrapbook paper or Mod Podge would, would end up encountering the goodness of God and be like, oh, wait. I don't think this is the God I thought I knew. And then to have the hymns even inform his or her mind thinking like, oh, I I can have a soundtrack that sounds a little different than the soundtrack that's going on in my head right now. So those are my hopes and dreams for this book. Oh my goodness. Well, I couldn't love it more. Uh, We have a playlist at Journey Women called Journey Women Jams. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need jams along the way. I love it. So you're just speaking my love language here, uh, especially with the hymns, because they are so rich in theology and they cause us to reflect on who God is. So let's talk about that a little bit, because this series is called Rest for the Weary. And, you know, we just realized, Ruth, that so many of our listeners are really in ministry, like yes. not talking about professional yep. ministry necessarily, but they are, you know, Ephesians 4.12. The elders have been given to us to equip us for the work of ministry. They are right. engaging in ministry in their local context, in the four mm-hmm. walls of their own home, in their local churches, in their neighborhoods, etc. And with that, 
in our journey, we often experience seasons of weariness. We were even talking about that just before we got on the call. So how does resting in the character of God really infuse courage as you are navigating seasons of weariness? Yeah. You know, I think um, what always comes to mind when I think about this topic is that is A.W. Tozer's quote, the most important thing about any person is what comes to mind when they think about God. I yeah. think I slightly paraphrase that, but but his point is the most important thing possible about you is what you're thinking when somebody says, what do you think, who do you think God is? What comes to your mind actually is the most important thing about you because it will shape exactly what you do next, how you respond to weariness, what you do in trials, how do you speak to your kids or your spouse? Um, it's it's not that there's a formula there. It's that how you what you believe about God and what He thinks about you will impact everything that you do. So mm-hmm. I find that a lot of times, um, you know, you know, I've talked a lot about striving and that I'm like a recovering striver, a recovering perfectionist, somebody who's wanting to just control the circumstances so that I don't feel pain, so that I don't have to deal with suffering or frustration or disappointment or betrayal, and I don't want to have conflict, all the things I'm like, I don't want that. So I'm going to try to control my Mm. life journey. Well, it gets you pretty weary, right? You get real tired. Oh, yes. Some of us are listening to this podcast and we're not weary because of sin. We're weary because life is just hard. I'm not saying it's always like our sinful choices, but sometimes it's a combination of, hey, circumstances and life's not going to ease up. There's a lot of responsibility, but some of us are feeling extra weary because we're just trying to do it in our own strength, or we're trying to rely on our own savvy to figure out a way out of this difficult situation we can't navigate. Or some of us might be in, in ministry situations where you're like, God's people are so messy and complicated. How do I just fix it so that we don't have to deal with the consequences of our, our mess? And I think over and over again, I'm remembering Tozer's point that Mm -hmm. it actually has to point back to what do we really believe about God? Because that will affect whether we run out of this room freaking out and going, I'm not the girl for this job. I can't do this. I'm exhausted. Or we say, I'm going to persevere because God is, and we can list off all the things that He is. He's faithful. He's just. He's merciful. He's good. He's our deliverer. He's our sanctifier. He um, is sovereign. He's immutable. Like all the things that we can go on and on, but I've only listed 25 in this book. But the truth is, each one of those things will impact whether we keep walking in a weary way or we we walk in a way where we lean on Him more than ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so, so good. And, you know, a lot of times in the past, I have thought about like mentors in the Christian walk being like guideposts. But Mm -hmm. you actually in your book have defined guideposts as like scriptures that you cling to, Mm -hmm. to remind yourself of God's character. And I far prefer that. I like thinking about now kind of in my older age, you know, us walking down this journey or pilgriming on this journey together. And the guideposts really are God's word. Those are like Mm -hmm. the lamp to our feet and a light to our path, right? So what are some guideposts that you cling to to remind you of God's character when you feel abandoned, alone, weary, exhausted, etc.? Yeah. You know, um, we live out in Western Colorado where we do a lot of Jeep trails and those signposts of the guideposts are always telling us how to like succeed, how to, how to make sure we don't, you know, go off the, the side of the road or we need four wheel drive tires. So that's why 
for me, I've started realizing the guideposts of grace are really reminders from Scripture that God is still the one who actually carries us through the next part of our journey. So rather than looking for the signpost that says, Ruth, if you just do these things, you'll crush it, you'll be great, or you'll succeed, or you won't navigate hurt in relationships if you just do these things. No, no, no. How do I look to Him and trust mm-hmm. Him and rely on Him? And so everything from, um, you know, I mean, as simple as Colossians one seventeen, reminding me that He is before all things in Him, in him Christ preeminent. Um, all things hold together. Yeah. Because I have a tendency to feel like it's all up to me to hold it in my, like I have to carry it all, um, what my kids are going through, how to make sure that they have, you know, everything they need, how my husband's doing, how my work is doing. Like everything feels like it's up to me. And even as simple as Colossians one seventeen will remind mm-hmm. me that he holds all things together. So that is a guidepost of grace for yeah. me. That is a reminder that um, it was never up to me and that I never had the ability to hold all things together. And I continue to need him to hold it together for me. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the Word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Can you think of any other themes of grace that you lean into and rely on through the various yeah. kind of hills and twists and turns? I just, I love that Colossians one seventeen. Are there others that the listeners may be able to look to if they're like, man, I would love to have something that would just reorient my gaze to the Lord as I go about yeah. my day? Well, um, immediately coming to mind would be the the, the concept of sanctification, that we are being sanctified, we are being transformed, we are a new creation. He, um, Philippians one six, you know that he who began a good work in us will yes. complete us. That is that reminder that just because you're not where you want to be today. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that God's not at work, that He's not wasting this moment that you're in, that you and I, if we are feeling weary, if our listeners right now are going, I'm just trying to listen to this while I'm juggling 50,000 things, and I feel exhausted, and I feel weary, and I kind of don't know how to admit to other people that I don't I don't really want to show up for my life today. If th- we're feeling that, then we can stop and go, well, is it my job to get myself to the finish line? Or did God already promise that it was by grace that we are saved through faith mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. ultimately we 100% needed Him to even get us out of the mess of self-reliance and He will sustain us all the way to the finish line. He will p- 
complete the good work of sanctification in our lives. So I think about that concept as saying, you know, when we're on hills and valleys and we're going, why am I? The question you ask when you're on a bumpy road, when you mm-hmm. can't see around the bend, when you're climbing a steep mountain, the 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 thing that's going on in your mind is why. Why yes. do I have to go through this? That's yes. that's basically the question, right? I mean, nobody's like, huh, you know, um, this is great. And I, where are the snacks? Like, we don't really talk yeah. like that. We're like, <laughs> get me out of here. Like, why yes, do I have to yes. be in this circumstance? Can't you teach me this any other way? And when we have sanctification in view, then we realize, oh, God uses everything to complete mm-hmm. the good work in us. Mm. Yes. You know, I think a lot of times when I'm in that place, Ruth, and maybe you can speak to this. You were referencing your book, When Striving Cease, which is such a great book for like, I don't know, I would say Christian perfectionists like mm-hmm. myself trying to, I don't know. Earn approval, a- earn worth. Yes. Trying to yes. secure those things on our own. Yes, yes. And um, I, you know, have wrestled with that so much in my own life. And I think maybe a guidepost for me in that is just realizing that God loves me because he loves me, not because of my performance. And he loves me based on, in fact, he loves me based on the performance of his son, Jesus. And so one of my guideposts is that passage from Romans 8, you know, where he's talking about neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, blah, blah, blah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Tell me about you. Like, how does knowing that you're loved by God, Mm -hmm. the one who possesses all of these wonderful attributes that we've been talking about, actually help you to persevere when you're navigating challenges and difficulty in your journey? You know, that is the one reminder I have to start every day with because I, I gravitate towards thinking that I am most loved when I accomplish a lot of things, or I am most loved when I don't mess up and I don't fail. I am most loved and lovable if I'm the perfect friend, perfect sister, perfect whatever. And so I have to wake up every day and start Mm. with not just who am I because I just need a good word about who I am, but that who God is actually determines who I am. I mean, when you look at Ephesians, when you, you know, it starts, it's always about who God is first. And Hmm. when we trust what God has already done, then we can read about how we are chosen and loved and forgiven and free. And so when I start my day remembering, okay, I don't need to say, I've got this. I can do it. I can do it. I mean, those things might be true. I might really be strong enough to conquer this day. But the reality is I have to start with, God, you have sustained me. You have gone before me. Mm. You have done the impossible in my life. You've softened my heart to even surrender to you when I'm kind of stubborn and doing my own thing. So since you can do all that, I already know you love me. We we read, but God being so rich in mercy, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, that he ultimately completely saves us out of all the junk and the, and the, the stuff that we would be stuck in today, all the self-righteousness we'd be stuck in. And so, yes, starting off with, God, you love me, not because of anything I've done. So I can walk in the freedom today of clearing out my inbox, feeding my children, discipling them, working out a conflict, whatever it is that I have to do, I'm not more loved or more welcomed or more Mm -hmm. um, able to do great things for the kingdom of God because I'm so perfect. I don't have to worry about that. That freedom, ooh, it keeps me um, 
not persevering because I'm fearful, but persevering because I'm grateful. Ruth touched on how easy it is to wake up already in that posture of feeling like you're loved only because of what you can accomplish or do or be. It's a struggle many of us likely have in a variety of ways. She mentioned how reorienting her perspective to remember who God is and what he has done helps her to persevere even amidst weariness on difficult days. She talked about Ephesians, which is truly one of the most beautiful passages about God's character and his love for us in Christ. I'll do anything to talk about Ephesians, so I'm going to read 10 verses for you from the second chapter. As I read, consider how this reality, everything that is true about what God has done for you in Christ, how it compels you toward this freedom that Ruth talked about, this freedom to go about your work and your ministry and your care for the people God's placed in your life without feeling the weight of needing to accomplish or earn anything before God. Think about how this truth, all these things that God has done for us in Christ, allows us to work heartily unto the Lord out of an overflow of gratitude for what He offers us. This is Ephesians 2, 1-10. through And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved." and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Friends, let's be strengthened today by the truth of who we are in Christ. Let's be encouraged in our weariness, spurred on in our work, and upheld by the reality that our God of grace and mercy and love has shown us immeasurable riches of grace through Christ, and that ultimately we are eternally secure in Him. Bless the Lord. Do you have any habits or just liturgies? I mean, you reference like waking up in the morning and just reflecting on who God is. Is there anything that you've set up in your life, Ruth, that just kind of helps you reorient um, so that you can remember these things, even in with all the demands that our journeys Mm -hmm. like inevitably bring? Yeah. You know, um, when I don't have words, I turn to really well-written liturgies and well-written prayers like Valley of Vision. I keep that really close I love by. that. That's my favorite. Um, for sure. How, I love Have you Valley. loved that for so long? For I mean, so it is long. it is a staple. Like if, if somebody my, were to ask me yeah. like the top three books, it's like yes. the Bible and Valley of Vision are at least in the top two. Always. The words always reflect exactly <laughs> um, what I need to remember. Um, my go-tos are Valley of Vision. Um I, I love the gospel primer 
by yes. Milton Vincent. I I go to that very regularly to remind myself what the gospel truth is. Um, when I need a prayer to pray over myself or with um, my family, I go to Every Moment Holy. You know, there's a lot of resources like that, right? Yeah. I, I appreciate having resources, but even without those resources, Hunter, I lay in my bed and I don't get up until I've I've talked to the Lord about it. I think I don't reach for my phone. Yes. I don't check the time. When my mind wakes up, I think to myself, okay, because here, here's the thing. My, my blood pressure rises pretty quickly right after I wake up because something immediately will be like, oh, I'm already behind or I forgot this or I better get up and get this done. So I've learned that before I even like reach for my phone or get out of bed or anything. I just lay there and I say, Lord, you've seen fit to wake me up today and given me another day. So if you've given me this day, then I'm going to trust you for what I need. And I literally um, try this if for any of our listeners, um, try this if you haven't already, but I I pray audibly. I speak to him Mm. out loud because I think sometimes when you're just praying in your brain, um, in your mind, those are effective and true prayers. But I think for me, sometimes I forget that He is a living God. He is right here. His presence is mm. accessible, is mind to walk into and and draw near to. And so I talk to Him, and I do it in the car. I do it uh, first thing in the morning. And so a lot of times I'll even say, Lord, I don't feel like I have what it takes. You're going to have to remind yeah. me of the truth. Of And so I even say those things out loud. Um, another simple practice is I read a verse or read a passage mm-hmm. and you know a lot of us do this but we say you know what what does this passage teach me about god what does it say um, about what his intent was to the original listener what does it mean for me like we do that when we read our bibles and if you don't then that's a great practice but a lot of times i will literally turn that verse into something Yes, I can preach back to myself. So in light of, let's say, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you know, um, by grace we have been saved through faith, Mm -hmm. not of anything we've done so that no man can boast, so that we are His workmanship and we can walk in the good works He he prepared for us. I just butchered that, but that's the best I can do. (laughs) But I would turn that back into, because of all the things that God has done for you today, Ruth, you can walk in and step into the very things God's called you to do because you're His work of art. You're His poema. You're His workmanship. And because of that, that's the, you're His workmanship because He determined to do so, not because you fluffed yourself up and made yourself so lovely, but because He's already determined to love you and give you these good gifts and prepared things for you to do. You can walk in them and be confident that it wasn't you and your giftings that saved you in the first mm-hmm. place. So those are yeah. the kind of truths. I mean, that's like the kind of liturgy I do with myself. What does dinner time look like in your house? Is it a little chaotic and crazy like it is at mine? Let me tell you about Prep Dish and how they can help you simplify your evenings. You've probably heard us talk about Prep Dish in the past, and maybe you've thought, man, I just don't have time to meal prep. But let me tell you, With Prep Dish, meal prepping for the whole week honestly takes just about one hour with their super fast plan and about two hours for the gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb meal plans. If you need a change in how you handle dinner time at your house, you have got to try Prep Dish. You'll serve up delicious meals that your family will love like green chili burgers, Caesar salmon wraps, and apricot glazed chicken thighs. 
Right now, the founder, Allison, is offering our listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out PrepDish.com forward slash journey for this great deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com forward slash journey for your first two weeks free. Isn't it funny how sometimes we know these things and we want to be doing these things? Oh, yeah. And yet naturally, I feel like, you know, if I was a car on this pilgrim journey, you know how (laughs) your car just like it starts to veer off. That's me. Like, I'm like, golly, I just got to keep reorienting, reorienting. And even your artwork and the things that you've created, Ruth, I can even see you have lived this. Like you so need God's word right in front of your eyes that you're going to paint it. You're going to hang it around the house and praise God. I am able to benefit from that because so much of your artwork is around my house, hanging on the walls just to serve as those guideposts and reminders to like lift our eyes, lift up our eyes to the hills from where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I cannot have enough reminders in my life to, to get out of bed in the morning and do that and not look at my phone and not, you know, it's, it's just so good to hear all of those things. And, you know, Ruth, lately, I have just felt like as a mother, you know, I just uh, added a fourth child to the mix by God's grace. Um, And I'm still in the phase where I'm not waking up to the sound of an alarm. I'm waking up to like little eyes at the side of my bed, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times I'll wake up feeling like, man, I've already failed before the day started because yeah. I didn't get up in time to get into the word, to remind yeah. myself of these truths, et cetera, et cetera. So when you feel like that, just you failed before you even started, maybe, mm-hmm. how does God's mercy and grace enable you to move forward and just keep taking one more step? Yeah. Well, every time we read of God's mercy and His grace and how He is... Um, our refuge. Whenever we read about him in scripture, the mm-hmm. response, the call is always for us to respond in praise and mm. gratitude and even in life obedience, right? Not yeah. in a like forceful, oh, I'm so scared. I better do what he says, but in a you deserve it all. And yeah. because you're so merciful, because of your grace, I can't help but respond in faith, right? That's ultimately mm-hmm. the response. Paul talks about it. We see it. Um, throughout ultimately Genesis that even, you know, God says, like, I just want you to respond in faith. I will do it, right? I am the gracious one. I'm the merciful Mm. one. And so when I think about that, Hunter, I think about the fact that um, a small act of obedience and a small response is still a response. It doesn't mean Mm. that you have to suddenly today with a new baby have to have a routine with three hours in God's Word every morning, (laughs) it might mean, Hunter, that you make your bed and you say, okay, if I make my bed this morning, I can throw the laundry. This is a practice every day. I make my bed (laughs) so that we can throw dirty laundry on it and then put the laundry away. It's like there's boundaries in my life. I'm like, okay, the bed will be made. I As long as the laundry's on the bed, we're Uh, good. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because then it's like there's a place for it and I will get it done unless we throw it back in the basket, I guess. But we will get it done before the night. But like little things, little things that it may not be the same act of obedience for everybody, but for Hmm. me, me at times when I feel that sense of like, mm-hmm. oh, my my life is running off the rails, it usually does mean for me 
that I have to turn my, off my phone earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to go to bed a little bit earlier and I do need to get up a little ahead. Of, mm-hmm. And that's not a formula for everybody. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think with a one-year-old that you're supposed to be like, hey, I need to set my alarm for 5.30. So that that's not, that's not for everybody. But it mm-hmm. means that just like Susanna Wesley has to throw her apron over her head, that yeah. everybody has to find what it is that you must do to say, Lord, you right. come first. You come first, yeah, maybe yeah. in the afternoon, you come first in the morning. I don't know when, but somehow you need to say, I can make this small pivot mm-hmm. instead of scrolling Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. That's time I can get back, give back in a time of real mm-hmm. prayer, like concentrated prayer. So whatever it is, you can take inventory of your life and think, yeah. okay, um, the point just being, his mercy, his goodness, his grace compels us to respond in a way that mm-hmm. says, I want to be yours and I will show you that your grace is not wasted on me and I love mm. you and I want to respond in faith. And that doesn't mean you turn your life around, you run a marathon and you study the Greek every day. That means you start with one small thing. And I think we can yeah. all think of one thing we can do today in response. I'm sure we can all resonate with that feeling Hunter mentioned of failing before the day even starts, or just that feeling of really wanting to pursue growth in your relationship with Christ, but finding yourself just stuck in old, unhelpful habits. Maybe it's consistently sleeping through your alarm and missing time in the Word with God, or maybe it's ignoring your screen time notification for the 18th time and kicking yourself for wasting the last 30 minutes scrolling on your phone. Or maybe it's losing it again at your kids or your spouse when you told yourself that you'd be more patient today. Those pesky habits that seem to inhibit us and where we really want to grow in our faith walk. I love Ruth's encouragement to just do one small thing. Each of us can start with one small thing. One small intentional pivot to shift our focus and pursue intimacy with and obedience to the Lord. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God or how you hope to grow in your faith, but I wonder what small habit might you work to cultivate even this week to respond to the Lord in faith and obedience? It could be the simple habit of rolling out of bed and onto your knees every morning to say a two-minute prayer as you start your day. It could be the small step of setting boundaries with your social media time and spending that time instead scrolling your scripture app. It might be writing down a short list of breath prayers that you start incorporating into your days when you find yourself at your end. Lord, I need you. God, have mercy on me. Lord, be my strength. Your grace is sufficient for me. As you seek to take these small steps, do so knowing that at the end of the day, it's not these things that earn us anything before God. These are simply acts of obedience that we do out of the overflow of the love we received. Simple shifts so that we can become closer to Him, and know Him more. And sister, know that when you inevitably fail, because hey, not one of us is going to do this life of faith perfectly, know that God is looking toward you not with judgment or with disappointment, but with mercy and with grace. It's His heart to continually draw us near even when we fall short. So out of the overflow of the love we have received from this good and gracious God, let's consider what one small thing we might do today to know Him and love Him even more. You endorsed a book called Habits of the Household by Mm -hmm. Justin Whitmill Earley. And um, 
you know, I think it's such an interesting thing that he talks about how like our habits really kind of guide us. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, we see that our heart and our hearts bent are what form and shape our habits. Absolutely. So how can you cultivate eyes to see and really a heart that believes these guideposts of truth? Because it's it's really, mm-hmm. it's a heart issue. But at the same time, we also, like you said, need to evaluate our habits yes. because our habits will help shape our hearts. So yes. I think it's a yeah. both and. Totally. How do you do that? How do you cultivate a heart that really desires after the things of God so that, you know, we can do all these yeah. things that we're talking about? I, I know I'm, I know if, if we, you and I for sure have talked about this before too, but our appetites are shaped, right? Like if you, I mean, I always joke that I kind of, it always comes back to food for me, but you know, I think about the fact that um, you, most of the time when a child or even an adult who's like, oh, I don't really like that particular cuisine or that food, it's probably because they haven't really tasted and seen and known Mm. that it's really good. Maybe they're just like always eating, you know, if you've only grown up on Campbell's chicken noodle soup in a can. (laughs) And that might taste really good to you. It might be, but the first time somebody gives you a home, like from scratch, chicken noodle soup, Hmm. there's just no comparison, right? There's just no comparison. This is a wholesome example. Usually I I talk about Cheetos. The fact that, you know, I could live off of Flamin' Cheetos because I love them so much. But if you put in (laughs) front of me a really, a prime steak, a really great, um, you know, like, risotto or whatever it is, like, I'm not going to eat the Cheetos at dinner. Yeah. You know, I'm going to eat the steak. And so I think some of that habit forming is that we need to mm. not have so accessible all the yeah. junk food and have mm. accessible all that is worthy. So yes. when you talk about veering off the road a little bit, Hunter, I'm thinking about the road and I'm such a visual person. So I'm like, <laughs> well, Hunter, that's because there's signs everywhere that says, in your 30s, you should be accomplishing this and then you'll be great. Or your children should look like this by now. There's a ton of signs everywhere along the road. So true. So you're probably constantly doing this and your car is going back and forth a little bit because it's not just the guideposts of grace that are along the road. It's every other thing that the culture tells us, everything that the world tells us. So you have to cultivate eyes to look Mm. for the signs that you're actually wanting to see. So have Mm. you ever noticed that if you're trying to buy a car, you start seeing the car everywhere, right? Yeah. If you're like, totally. hey, our family is in the market for a, a SUV, a Toyota Sequoia, let's say. Then yeah. you start noticing them everywhere, right? You're like, yeah. whoa, everybody has one. That's because you've been thinking about it. You've been mm. studying it. You've been cultivating a desire to buy that car. And you're like looking for the best deal. So suddenly mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And in the same way, when you remove the constant draw of mm. the flame and Cheetos, and you go, oh, what is true and good and worthy of my heart and my mind? Mm-hmm. It, and you cultivate this, the schedule and the habits that make that accessible. Then suddenly you realize you're looking for those opportunities. Mm. And I hate to go into the parenting thing, but I'm a mom of six boys, you know? And mm-hmm. people ask me all the time, how do your boys not, why are they not video gamers all the time? And I'm like, well, it's not even like a big rule in our house. It's just that, we removed a lot of opportunity to be bored Mm. and only have access to that and say, get outside, enjoy these things, or Mm -hmm. listen to an audiobook and draw. Like when you cultivate an appetite for how fun other things can be, you start desiring what is nourishing and good. Now, Mm -hmm. 
that's something to be cultivated. We're not going to all be that way right away in the af- this afternoon. Suddenly, like, I don't crave junk. I only right. want true and good. But it is something we form little by little. Yeah. You know, I think it does require us to take an honest inventory of our habits. And Mm -hmm. even just keeping with the food analogy, you know, if you're going to try and like overhaul your diet, it might take an aggressive measure initially. I have recently gotten off social media just because I Mm -hmm. realized like, man, whether I'm on social media or off social media, I'm still my mind and the the thoughts that I'm having throughout the day are being shaped by this thing that's not inherently bad, but I have taken it to the wrong level mentally. And so I've got to like take aggressive Mm -hmm. measures Mm -hmm. to like cut that out of my life for this season. And so I've taken a six month break, you know? Um, So I think it, I think that's really good encouragement just to really honestly evaluate our habits and then just to be honest with friends about those. I know there can be some shame, you know, in admitting, hey, I've been like overindulging on the Cheetos, so to speak. Um, But there's so much freedom in accountability and just in speaking those things out loud and Mm -hmm. acknowledging that you're having a problem with them like I was. I think a lot of that has to do with, like you were saying, when we're on our journey and we're just so focused on ourselves and our eyes are just so like keenly aware of things that will help us be a better person or Mm -hmm. us be a better you know Christian or all these things as opposed to looking for the things of God and looking to bring glory to Christ so when you are in that mode whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. um, just getting caught up and believing that the journey is all about you what helps you remember that the pressure is off and that Mm -hmm. all glory belongs to Christ yeah well it's um It's funny that you mention all glory be to Christ, because one Mm. of the reasons why I love hymns is because I can reach for a hymn pretty quickly and in the singing of it or reciting it or remembering the times that I've sung it in Mm. other seasons of my life, it will recall and bring to mind, um, you know, I think about Jeremiah and Lamentations 3, Mm -hmm. this I call to mind and therefore I have hope and colon the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm. He's calling to his mind mm-hmm. the steadfast love of the Lord. And so All Glory Be to Christ is one of my favorite hymns yeah. um, because it reminds me that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders strive in vain. Like mm-hmm. all the things that I'm trying to build and grow and be a part of and good things that I want to do for the Lord, they could be really good things. But unless... The Lord's doing it. Unless mm-hmm. I am like nestled in the shadow of his wing, like unless I'm actually relying on him and doing it by his strength, I'm really um, just building my own kingdom. And so yeah. that's a really good reminder. For, so whether it's hymns or a solid playlist that reminds you something that you can't call to mind quickly, because really when you listen to something that is speaking truth, um, whether it's through a podcast or through music, um, it will engage another part of your brain that will help you go, oh, mm. I know this to be true, but I've, um, mm-hmm. I've, I've shifted the, the narrative that's going on in my brain. You know, a lot yeah. of times Troy, when he's trying to get through to one of our boys, he'll put the child that's like wailing or having a, a crisis or whatever on his lap. Mm-hmm. And mm. especially when they were little and I always thought this was a funny little thing that he would do in parenting, but because I kind of just want to be like, Listen to me. Like, let's fix this now. <laughs> Quit it and turn yes. your, like, just get over this and learn the truth. Right. And right, Troy right. will, like, sing a wow. song or, like, play some nature video and be like, look at the droplets on this leaf. Like, something huh. so weird. And I'm like, 
why are you doing that? He goes, because I have to break the cycle of what's going on in their minds before they're even able to receive what I have to say. So a lot of times it's like kind of breaking the cycle, the, 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 the going around and around of like, I I can't do this. I'm too tired. I'm whatever it is. And mm-hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to break the cycle of my thought yeah. and start again and remind myself what is true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. You know, as you were talking, I was like, honestly, this is a grace of experiencing failure too. Yes. We think about failure, you know, being such a tragedy, you know, in, in all these ways, but you're like, wow, that helps us to recall to mind that all glory belongs to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. you know, you and I were just talking about that. None of this is wasted. Our successes, quote unquote, mm-hmm. our failures, quote unquote, like all glory belongs to Christ. And even those things can help reorient our gaze to him. I am so interested to hear your thoughts on this too, Ruth, as you were talking. You know, I think we live in such an age where, youth is admonished, you know, sure, all glory can seemingly belong to us because we're sitting here with our influencer light, feeling like we're the best version of ourselves. I'm like, I wonder if this is some of the grace of aging too, where it's just a kindness of the Lord to help us not be quite so invested in ourselves because this natural process of aging just turns our eyes away from ourselves to look to the only one who is truly glorious. What are your thoughts there? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I just turned 48 a couple of weeks ago and my body's totally changing. And there are lots of things that I might have um, felt a little confident in before that um aren't quite the same now. And just to address what you just said, I, I somebody said to me recently, actually a mutual friend of ours, Hunter, but um, a godly sister in Christ said, you know, it just feels like the future of Bible teachers seems like it's just like celebrities and beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And I never would want anyone, any sister in Christ to think that because of social media and because of platforms and because of airtime that it's it's a pretty people thing. It's it's like mm-hmm, a glamorous mm-hmm. thing. It's a I had laser treatments or I um, really have good skin, because that's not what we see in God's word. And so I think the humbling, like whether we like it or not, we're going to be humbled. Whether mm-hmm. it's in our abilities or in our like even even if you're, I mean, there is no shame if you are naturally blessed with gorgeous hair or gorgeous <laughs> skin. Or, this is not a shaming of beauty. It's saying right, that right. We, we can put our hope in beauty. We can put our hope in dazzling audiences. We can put our hope in being a good storyteller. We can right. be, put our hope in creating beautiful Instagram reels and garnering a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. None of those things truly ultimately mm-hmm. ultimately glorify God as much as our weakness glorifies God's our mm. our surrender in saying um mm. everything I have is yeah. his and so he can give and he can take away. For some of us we go through seasons where we're like everything I touch turns to gold. And then other times you're like nothing I'm doing is working. And um <laughs> and both can be used mightily of the Lord. I think it's Randy Alcorn who said, if your treasure is on earth, then every Mm. single day you're moving further Mm. away from your treasure. But if your treasure Mm. is in heaven, then every day you're getting closer to your your treasure. And Mm. I got to say, Hunter, I wish I could like boldly say, oh, I'm moving daily towards my ultimate treasure. But the real reality is I feel convicted in my heart that there are times when I go, 
oh, I wish I still looked like that, or I wish I right. felt that way in my body, or I wish, you know, uh, I was in my glory days of such and such. And so I have to reorient my yeah. own heart to remember that my treasure is with Christ, not here on earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of hymns, have you heard the new one, Almost Home? I think it's like Matt. Who's the guy? Matt. He, he works with the Gettys a lot. You need to listen to this. Matt Boswell? Everybody. Matt Papa yes. and Matt Boswell are the There's two, right? There's such yeah. a great hymn called Almost yes. Home. And uh, it's it, as we're coming to the close in our conversation, I just want everyone to like go listen to that hymn when this is over. I love it. Because I feel like in this part of our conversation and also just as we're talking about like persevering to the end, it's such a great reminder, like almost home. We're almost mm-hmm. home. So what makes it possible for us to complete this journey on earth and how does the gospel actually enable us to persevere until we make it all the way home? Yeah, I think the best way to keep it visually in our minds is that um, redemption is the picture of Christ carrying us, carrying mm. us. I mean, the, every burden we have mm. was mm. laid on the cross on Him, and He bore it all. And so we get to walk with an, a light and easy yoke, ultimately, mm-hmm. because He carries all of it. And everything that could possibly threaten our joy, he carries it all and he mm. carries us. And so if you need a visual reminder, mm. recognize and know that you're not going to make it on your journey home to, toward mm. heaven. You're not going to make it there just because God's sitting there cheerleading you. He's not your cheerleader. He's not your assistant. He's actually the leader who is carrying mm. you so that even when you feel weak, he's the good shepherd who throws you over his shoulder and carries you all the way home. So go with that visual imagery that he's not just sitting on the sideline giving you a little bit of water as you you run your race. He's carrying you all the way home. Mm, that is so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to encourage us as we continue on our journeys to glorify God, Ruth. I am so grateful for the way that you use the various gifts that God has given you to be that friend, even at a distance, just to continue pointing us towards the Lord and saying, persevere, we're almost there. So I appreciate those words of encouragement today. You guys should pick up Pilgrim, her brand new book, if you want to continue being encouraged uh, by Ruth. Thank you, friend, for taking the time to pen this and for spending time with us today. So grateful for you, Hunter. Thanks for having me. You guys, we pray that this episode meets you wherever you are and that it compels you just to rest in the one whose character is sure. If you found my conversation with Ruth helpful, consider sharing our Rest for the Weary series with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify and let us know. These conversations have been such an encouragement to me personally just to keep trusting the Lord as I walk all the way home. Also, if you're looking for Ruth's books or other resources from the series, you can find our Journey Woman-specific storefront with 10 of those bookstore at the link in our show notes. You can also find all sponsor links and coupon codes mentioned in the podcast at journeywomanpodcast.org forward slash sponsors. As always, thanks so much for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Mm